Welcome back, everybody, to Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. Scott, spring has sprung. I don't know about everybody else. In the Northern Virginia area, it's been glorious this week. How are you doing in Mormontown, USA? <laughs> it's pretty good, man. It's not bad. It's in the mountains, so it's a little uh, little different. Cool. But Is it cooler? We're like we were in the 80s. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's low 80s, high 70s. When you change altitude, the weather changes. It's crazy. Crazy. And, of course, with spring coming, we got baseball in the air. We got NHL and NBA playoffs, which we will get into. And then Easter this weekend. What a weekend appetizer. What a weekend painting eggs in your basket appetizer. It's really not like a sports weekend. I mean, not really. You got the NBA kind of thing. You got Thanksgiving with football. Easter is really not like a sports-themed holiday. Well, I'll tell you why. More of a Jesus thing, it, it he is sort of the main character, but Easter's always on a different weekend. Easter's a different a different day. It's not a set day, so you really can't. You know, the Masters typically fall around Easter, and just opening day falls around Easter. You know, Easter can be late March, early April. So it's just that spring. It's baseball. It's NHL, NBA playoffs. So we're gonna wrap all that up right now. So our lineup card, leading off. We got the MLB. We're about two weeks into the season, so we got a couple things that we have to discuss. Then we have to wrap up the Masters, and what a crazy just weekend of golf that we we had. Of course, we got to talk a little bit of NBA with the playoffs coming up. Just want to have a... a, uh, I want to have an MVP discussion, really. Okay. I don't have a Would You Rather right now. I'm going to try to think of one. So, you know, again, you could just we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, right. And, and you no know what? Submissions, no fan help. Thank you. Right. Well, do you really count on that anymore? Do you oh. count on? I don't know. You just if you want something done right, do it yourself. We appreciate everybody listening, right? But we haven't heard from you, and that's totally fine. Definitely have a dude of the week and a schlub of the week for you. And then we'll wrap everything up with a little weekend appetizer. Of course, thank you for tuning back in to hear both Scott and I wrap up this glorious week and last weekend in sports. And then give you a little weekend appetizer coming up. So let's just 31. You forgot about that one, though. Right. I don't have anything for it. I just wanted to, I like pointing out the, the number. It's, yeah, but. I'm not going to waste my time with that anymore if we don't have a cool little bit about the numbers. It's episode 31. Well, as we get there, we keep, I mean, 31. That's a good number. It's a good number. Is that like a little rookie amateurish, though, keeping track of our episodes? I mean, that was oh, cool when we were in the single digits. Of course it is. We are amateur, though. We're big, but we that doesn't mean we have to act amateur, <laughs> you know? All right. Speaking of amateurs... Nah, that wouldn't be a good tie-in. I was going to go speak to amateurs, then go to Tim Tebow, but let's just... The first thing we talk about sports can't be Tim Tebow. Exactly. The last thing we talk about can be Tim Tebow. Exactly. Dude, we're on the same page today. I'm liking this. I want to talk about the Nationals. They sort of had a (laughs) up-and-down series with the Cardinals. They won the series. They dropped uh, the third game with Scherzer pitching. Uh, Sort of a bummer. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of good and bad. However, I feel like the good did outweigh the bad. A couple of alarming things that I want to get into, but just your take, Scott. My take on the 
the small sample size of the national season so far? No, it's even smaller. Just this series with the Cardinals. Oh, I mean, was the Guthrie the Guthrie thing wasn't in this this series? So everything's been good. Besides that, I, I mean, the the year so far with the small sample size. I'm, I'm gonna bring that back for through this episode too. This year has been fine. I mean, be, take out that one start by Guthrie, and all the starters have been fine. Um, Scherzer's pitched fine. Geo's pitching well. Roark already has two wins. I'm not going to take it series by series like that because I honestly didn't watch an inning of the Cardinal series. But the year has been fine. I mean, besides, again, like the 13 runs that the Phillies, 1,300 runs that the Phillies scored that one game against Guthrie. Mm, in the first inning. That was embarrassing. But other than that, the year has been fine. There's nothing to be nothing to be worried about. Harper is disappointing everybody besides opening day. Um, well, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard, and he's hitting the ball the opposite way. I think Harper's actually doing really well. Tide changes. But small Morgan's sample size. Above average, again, for some reason. Zim's coming around again. Yeah. Good, he, good sign. And he's elevating. He was hitting balls really hard into the ground last season. Now he's starting to put them in the air. That's his big adjustment. Apparently he was talking a lot with Daniel Murphy in spring training. They were like locker neighbors. He's locker hmm. neighbors, so they're going to hang out. And so, so he's you know, better because he's locker neighbors with Murph. Uh, yeah, I think that's part of it because because apparently Murphy is just like a hitting geek. That's all he does. It's like <laughs> talks about. So at spring training, they were sort of in the corner, and th- those two just sort of just wrap back and forth. And you know, it helped Murph last season when he just said, "I'm going to yank everything. I'm going to get on top of the plate, and I'm going to look for something to hit high in the air." And that's what Zimmerman's approach is now. And Again, small sample size, but it looks good. Swing looks good. Everything looks good. Because it's such a small sample size, and maybe we can't talk about anything specifically, Scott, I want to bring back a debate here. Okay. This is goes back to last season when we're we were talking. We're going talk- full circle here, are we? Not like a full. We're going like a three-quarter, so we're going like a semicircle. All right. So last season when we were talking about who deserves the Cy Young, we would talk if wins and losses mattered for a pitcher and it hit me and it was this series with the Cardinals where you saw you saw a pitcher do well and then uh, the fielders just kick it around and then you saw pitcher do well and then the offense the offense can't produce and gets a loss so I'm comparing Tanner Rourke his start on Monday night gives up three runs right Gives up three runs, and let's see, every single infielder committed an error. They had four four errors in the game, okay? And Tanner Rourke still gets the win, right? Right. He still gets it. Now, he didn't didn't pitch, but I think he had four punch outs. I don't don't know if he had any walks, but three earned runs and a bunch of kickballs. He still gets the win. Now, let's talk yesterday, Scherzer... He ends up getting the loss, despite the fact that he had 10 punch-outs, zero walks. He just didn't get any run support. And that's the whole argument why wins and losses don't matter. Because you could be lights out, and you I don't get any... I pro-wins loss. I am. You're not letting me finish. I'm trying to go back here. Okay, so so you, could, you could be lights out, and then, eh. You get no offense support. You get no run support. Right. So Tanner Rorick, not really lights out. 
Okay. Not really like, particularly when the infielders are kicking it around. You know, yeah, those aren't earned runs, but they're still, they would still end up counting for a loss with him, right? Yeah. As after the fifth inning, he's going to get, he's going to get yanked, but in the bottom of the fifth, they end up going up. So Rourke gets a win right there. And it's sort of a cheesy win. They end up scoring 16 runs, right? And after having just sort of an average start. So you see both. And yeah, you hate, what happened when what happened to Scherzer happens, but both happens. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's not always like your lights out and then they give you no run support. Sometimes, like Rourke, you're just average. The infielders suck, and then people just have monster days at the plate. So shouldn't win? So wouldn't you rather be the guy when you're on the mound? There's just something about it to where you would still rather win than lose the game. What? <laughs> you would still rather win than lose the game. Here's the thing. That's yeah, it's a matter about ERA, but the, that's the beauty of baseball is they play 162 games. Like, that'll eventually even out. You know, the next Ex- start, Roark's not going to win that game. It I'm would sure even out. Win. It would even out, but wouldn't you rather it even out in favor of wins and not losses? That's like saying, oh, you know what? Your record in the baseball season doesn't really matter. We're only going to look at your hits and your sabermetrics and all that BS, and that's going to determine who the best team in the league is. No, that's not what we do. We look at wins and losses because, yeah. Because wins and losses wins and losses are based on stats so if you are having great stats if you have an under two era under one whip and you have eight or nine strikeouts a game you're gonna win 20 games your team is going to win you might have five losses you might have 10 losses if your offense is bad but you might have five if they're average. So it's going to eventually even out throughout the entire year. So no, no, no. Because your stats are good and your wins and losses are bad, they kind of will even each other out if that makes sense. I mean, I, I would still, I mean, yeah, you want to have guys with lights out stats, but I think wins and losses are still a big thing to be taking. So starting pitchers are we talking about here still? Of course. Okay, so if you're, I mean, would you rather have a guy, it doesn't matter your wins. You could literally take out wins and losses and it wouldn't matter to starting pitchers. It matters about ERA and K's and K's to walks and runners on base. It it doesn't matter. No, it's because like you said, Scott, it's not just the wins and the losses. Well, no, no, no. It is the wins and the losses. It is the wins and the losses, but it's even it's the wins that, the wins and losses matter, okay? And I would rather have the the game like Tanner just pitched and 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 give up a lot of runs and the infielders kick it around and still get the win than have Scherzer punch out ten guys and get the happen loss. Every single time. Right? I'd rather have Scherzer punch out ten guys and not everything because eventually the offense is gonna come around. The offense well, will. You can't rely on Roark and the infield kicking balls every single game. You gotta have the offense come around eventually. It's gonna even out, but wouldn't you rather even out in favor of wins? 
Something about just a starting pitch that says, you know what, we're just going to play a little bit better you're for gonna win. You're going to win games you're not supposed to win, and you're going to lose games that you're not supposed to lose. Okay, but it's wouldn't you rather that. win more games that you're not supposed to than lose more games that you're not supposed yeah, to? that's great. That's great, but I'm not going to rely on those games. I'm not going to say we have to do that because you don't want to do that. You don't want to rely on those games to decide your season. If you do that, you're not going to have a winning season. Rely you on the pitching do well, and you want your hitters to hit. And then, if those things happen, you're going to win more games than not. Yeah, you can't just be like, "All right, well, we can kick balls, and if we still win, we're fine." Well, then you get the win, and wins are important. My whole thing, Scott, is wins and losses. Had have you ever played a game where you're like, "Yeah, we won, but I didn't feel good about that." You know, yeah, I mean, of course, but that's looking at it from a from almost like a coach's standpoint. And the other way around, you've also lost games where you're like, we probably shouldn't even been in that in that game at all. Yeah, but you never want to, at the same time, there's never a, oh, we lost, but I felt really good about the way we played. I think if you think that, you're just, you're just a pathetic loser. Well, if you're happy with, oh, NLP, we lost. Anybody can beat anybody. In high school baseball, it's different. In Little League Baseball, it's different. Not anybody can eat, beat anybody in any level of baseball. All right, I get it. But there are games that we've been in, both of us, that the other team has been way better, and you lost, but you played a one-run game, and you're like, well, we shouldn't even have been in that game in the first place. But doesn't it matter when you win? You should win more. Scott, this is too long. We, we got to move on from wins and losses. Wins and losses matters, though. And we saw it this week with the Nats. Trey Turner, 10-day DL. Hammy. Steven Drew, 10-day DL. Hammy. Two infielders, with both with hammies? I mean, whoever the, the Nats... trainer might not be, must not be stretching them out very well. I was about to say, whoever the, whoever the Nats trainer is, that guy should be the schlub of the week. He's not. But not stretching the hamstrings. So, what was that? He's not stretching their hamstrings. He's, yeah, he's not stretching. Something that I think will work out well, though, is Turner, he didn't see it his first week before he got hit, or before he got hurt. He wasn't hitting all that well. So I think just having this 10-day break is going to help him out a little. Maybe he's going to come back next week, start seeing the ball a little bit better. So something that I think isn't the worst thing in the world, seeing the young star be on the bench for 10 days. Yeah, we'll see. Tim Tebow. Ooh. He's, he's, leading, he's leading the Columbia Fireflies in home runs with two. Is that, I mean, I love Boston Tebow's balls just as much as the next guy here. But where are we, where are we going? I don't know. It's just, it's funny. I looked up the other team's stats today, and I think the, like, the team batting average is right around 200. Tebow's hitting 174. Whew. 23 at-bats. How many strikeouts does he have? Ooh, well, he has two home runs, so 20. He has nine. <laughs> you, come on. <laughs> he has nine punchy outies. And that's... It's a pretty ten, high rate. 
Yeah, that is not. Yeah, that's quite quite unattractive. We're still going to be keeping up with him, and whether you like it or not, Scott, I'm going to be rooting for Tebow, and I think he. I you know I hope he hits hits another one. Hopefully, and, God lets him do that. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, let's move on to the Masters, and with the Masters, I want to talk about sportsmanship because Justin Rose may have had. The the classy that's that's what the word is class class act classy guy for for Justin Rose right after losing the Masters in in a in in a in a one hole playoff I don't know how your emotions aren't jacked but I'm sure they were for Justin Rose but he had them just under control and you know what it made me think of it made me go back to uh, Cam Newton. Losing the Super Bowl, and then okay. just completely showing his, you know what, getting all, getting all upset, storming off, and then you have, and then you have Justin Rose, just really nice comments, and it's only about twenty seconds, so I'm gonna play it real quick. To describe what what your emotions are right now, what would they be? <laughs> Maybe more than one. Yeah, I mean, disappointed. I mean, it's pretty simple, I suppose. I mean. A lot of good things happened today. It was a wonderful battle with Sergio. You, you can't feel bad. I mean, I've, uh, if there was anyone to lose to, it'd be Sergio. He deserves it as much as anyone out here. You know, he's, he's had his fair share of heartbreak. And uh... he said, "If there's anybody that that to lose to, it'd be Sergio." I mean, sure. I mean, who thinks to say something like that? Aren't you so ticked off? Like, like when Murph kicks your butt in golf, right? Aren't you a little bit salty about it? Easy. When we kick your butt in golf, how about that? Now, look, you guys have always played your best golf when I wasn't there, and it's always made me question your integrity, your golf game, everything. I got text, oh, sorry you missed it, Sean, but Scott and I, Murph and I, we we both shot uh, 80s, you know, 79s. It was good. Sorry you missed it. All right, guys. Let's just say we have a generous tapping rule. Okay, tapping rule. I like it. I knew there was something. I knew there, there was something. There, does it get to a point where there's too much sportsmanship going on in that? Like a little too. Well, that's why. That's there's, why it's. That's no, why. That's why you, you almost like have to talk about it now. I think because it's golf, it might be a little bit different. Just yeah. priding, priding themselves on sportsmanship is, which is what golfers do. So I think it's a little bit different. It's you're not. It's you're not exerting as much energy, so the emotions going into the work. I mean, it's all it's all mental. Well, think and about this: the difference between first and second place at the Masters is around eight hundred thousand hmm. dollars. So that dude just lost eight hundred thousand dollars, and then gets on the interview and is able to do that. How much did he make, though? What was the what was the I purse? I think the purse is around two for two million for the winner. Or I don't know if it's split. The purse is two million. I'm pretty sure, but okay. you know what? I could be just be making that up, Murph. That's on you, buddy. Whatever. We whatever. Two million. So let's just say Justin Rose just made himself one point two. Not a not a bad day on the links. No. Right. So but, if you want to think of it in that regard, and I just my answer to that question too much too much class. How much class? Too much class, Scott. It's just that it's golf. When it's you're a competitor and you wanna. I mean, you want to win, and when you don't win, especially when it comes down to a playoff, 
and you basically what do you muff one into the woods before on the playoff 18th yeah right into the, into the woods he scotted it shawnee boy scotted it right actually no yeah that'd be that'd be murfed <laughs> it right a little slicey poo yeah, but it happens and then you know i mean he still had a chance but sergio knocked it down and and they and they left but i mean it, to me it just gets to a point where it's just like too much it's like okay we get it they're all they're high-fiving during the thing they were it was just like too much to me so so you didn't like the interview you didn't oh, think I, it was a i think it was great that he he gave it up to sergio who's been struggling for a long long time inner demons all that you know the old yips all that but I get that. That's a great interview for after. I'm talking about during the court, during the game. I want to be. I want to rip your head off. Well, and so that's the thing. So some Sergio comments were pretty cool. He said, and I don't have, I don't have the other his, but this is during the Green Jacket presentation. Sergio said, you know, you didn't want the other guy to lose, but you wanted to beat him. Right, which I think is a good mindset to have. It's a, I'm better than you, and I want to show it. I don't want you to biff one into the woods, and that's sort of what ended up happening. But I don't think it's every single golfer that is is like that. I remember Spieth last year when he crapped down his leg at the mat when he was up by four strokes, and then crapped down his leg, and then and then Willett had. I mean, he was pretty salty. He didn't want to be interviewed. He was walking off before anybody could get him. I think there are a lot of golfers who are just who are just like that, but but clearly Justin Rose is a is is not one of those. And I want to go over. I want to. You don't think that you're shaking your head? What do you? I mean, the the interview is great. I think it's great. I was just like high five and during the during the game during the match. It's just it's just a little much for me. It's just a little much. So you didn't like the during match. I'm okay with after. How about okay. how about after and then each of them caressing each other's faces? Just hey, I the, like that though. Just I the like that. face caress. After you're telling me after we finish our next 18, I'm fa- I'm you're gonna, gonna come up and face. try to touch my face. I'm gonna oh, caress man. your face. I'm gonna get you right in right in the shins with my putter. Is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that that was a little. And the picture is kind of funny. Because when it happened, you really didn't think about it. But go and like look at the picture, and it's it's a very it's a couple of fellas just caressing one another's face. I th- and who knows that may have been. We don't know what Justin Rose does when he when he goes back to his humble British abode. He might be throwing crap everywhere, and that oh, may no, have he, been he a. Got, he got pictures taken. It was either today or yesterday of him hitting golf balls off the back of his yacht. Uh, that, you, nah, he doesn't care. He, the, uh, the caption was like, "Looks like he's taking this Masters well. The uh, Masters lost well. I mean, uh, he doesn't care one bit. He uh, goes back home and knock him into the water. He's well. He's got. He's that got the pulled back thing he had on the back nine of the Masters. Yeah, bull crap. I. You never know, but I don't think it's the I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I guess I do agree with you. It gets a little much. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think part of it's just golf. 
You're not going to see that with a whole lot of other sports. I mean, these guys know each other. They're friends. They're not exactly teammates because they're, but but they're the closest thing they have to to teammates. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just you you get to know everybody. I did like the the Sergio quote. You didn't want the other guy to lose, but you wanted to beat him. I just want to wrap up the 18th hole real quick. Their drives, I think they were around the same spot. Both yeah. nine under there. Not maybe, the playoff one, but the... Right, the, really, the 18th. Right, yeah, the first time they they played the 18th. Yeah. Right around the same spot. And I don't know, maybe they're like 10, 10 or so yards apart. But Rose is away. And his chip, for from whatever it was, maybe 150 yards out around there somewhere, he lands at maybe, what was that, like 10 or 10, 12 feet 10, from the hole? 10, 15 feet, I'd say. Dude, after that, if you're Sergio in your gut, like how does that feel? Okay, now to give myself a chance to win, I have to make this a perfect shot or else I'm losing. This has to be perfect. And then, shoot, he goes up there. And everybody knows Sergio's past of, like you said, sort of having the yips. He he does just the putts. And we actually saw it, but he put one five feet from the hole. And then he biffed the putt. That was sort of the yips coming back. And my my first thought there was, Rose is going to win this. Sergio had his chance this hole. No See, that's way. That's what everybody thought. And you know what I was thinking throughout this whole thing? I, I don't know if I heard it or I maybe I was just listening to the voices in my head, whatever. I was hoping that somebody birdied instead of someone bogeyed. Because, because that would be... I want would, someone to win it instead of someone to lose it. Does that make sense to you? Right, and that's going to Sergio's quote. You didn't want the other guy to lose, but you wanted to beat him. Right, so Sergio birdied 18 to win, correct? He so did, the, but he but won by two strokes. It and then double bogey, and then Sergio just have an easy path. Right, he's still, yeah. but, but he technically... He technically birdied Sergio birdied the playoff hole, and that still would have that still would have won, um, that still would have beaten Rose's Rose's par. But he obviously didn't get the par because because of that awful botch job into the woods. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So still won it in a way. I I know what you mean. Like you wanted. I don't know. I, f- I feel like that was just a good enough golf just afternoon for, for anybody, especially because I feel like Sergio at one point was, what, two or three strokes behind? Something like that? Two or three strokes behind and, you know, ended up coming back and, and, and you know, just facing, you, facing adversity. Going. Oh, you're having trouble hearing me? Okay. And just anyway, I th- I think what sort of that mindset though is the wanting the birdie instead of the bogey to to win it, not lose it. Not every single sporting event has to be the best sporting event ever. Didn't we talk about that with the, about comp- the NCAA basketball championship? Exactly. Not all of them. I know we sort of like labeling that was pretty it. Pretty good though. That was. I mean, the Masters was pretty good. That's what I'm saying. It that's why. That's why I'm okay with the birdie beating the bogey and not some astounding 
birdie beating an astounding par. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I understand that you want a guy to win and not a guy to lose it. He does biff it into the woods, which, yeah, that sucks. Sergio still birdied. and Right. He still would have won even, even with the par. But congrats to, to Sergio. He's getting married in July. Oh, to that fiance? Yeah, oh. to that... To that, hey, you know, getting married. CBS made I, sure to get a good shot of her. Yeah, I need to ask him for some like wedding notes or something. You know, hey, did you guys take some tours? Need some advice from Sergio. Their their price range after winning two million bucks might be might be a tad different. A little than, higher than two teacher salaries, huh? Yeah, maybe just a little. <laughs> All righty, so that's let's. You want to move on? Let's do it. Let's move on to the NBA, Scott. And we're not just going to preview the playoffs like every other sports podcast and sports radio show is doing right now. We're going to do something that, you know, probably only 75% of them are doing. And that's have a little discussion on MVP. Okay. Who you think, who you don't think, why, why not, stuff like that. And just with, with Russell Westbrook... Locking in, averaging a triple double, made me or yeah, it made me, it made me think of something. I sort of have an epiphany, and okay. because what I like to do, and I think what we both sort of do here on the on the podcast is compare sports to other sports, and a feat like that with a triple double, I think we can compare it to. The Triple Crown in baseball. Batting I think title. Fair. Yeah. I think that's pretty solid. Now, the last guy to do that was Miguel Cabrera in 2012. And okay. before that, before that, it was Kyle Yastrzemski. Carl. Carl Yastrzemski. Come on, and, it's that song. In, in 1967, right? Which sure. sort of compares to the Russell Westbrook, the last and only guy to do that is the Oscar Robinson in the early 60s, right? Okay. Now, I'm thinking about it. Should Russell Westbrook, is, is, he, is he worthy, right? Is he, is he worthy of it? And I think about Miguel Cabrera. Now, he did win the MVP in 2012. And I think a big part of that, obviously, is because he won the Triple Crown. But I think a little bigger was the fact that he led the Tigers to the World Series. Now, granted, they lost to the San Francisco Giants, but there was that leadership mentality and 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 the and the player success leading to team success. Yeah, and going as far as they possibly could, not winning it. And so that made me think. I, you know, Russell Westbrook, of course, an incredible basketball feat, but to really solidify the MVP, at least my thought is. You need to, at bare minimum, make it past the Houston Rockets in in round one, and you got to figure out a way to beat James Harden somehow, in order to get my vote to be MVP. So I don't know when they vote. I'm pretty sure they vote soon. I don't know if the playoffs matter. I think it's just a regular season. I think there's a lot of different factors that go into that. I think this is actually pretty interesting. Now, does the MVP mean anything? No, not really. It's about winning championships, and I think we're both on the same page in that. Now, are you like a wins guy, wins mean MVP, or are you like a total statistics guy? 
Dude, are you bringing this back to our first conversation? Like, are you like yanking my chain right now? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately asking you because there's a bunch of different ways that this can go. I think the and I, obvious. I have an argument. I have my own argument. I think the obvious choice in this day and age is you look at statistics. Who's the best statistically? I think you can't. You can't completely just discount wins and losses because the idea of an MVP is are you leading your team? Are you the most valuable player on that team? Therefore, you'd be leading your team to wins. Now, if it wasn't for Russell Westbrook, I don't think OKC would be in the playoffs, right? Just like if it wasn't for Miggy in 2012, the Detroit Tigers wouldn't have been in the World Series, right? Right. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that. There's Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, Steph. They're all like if they didn't have those guys, they wouldn't even be nearly what they are right now. My argument right here, and and feel free to interject here, is if it doesn't mean win, if it doesn't mean wins, then Russell Westbrook gets it hands down. If you're just looking at stats, Russell yeah. Westbrook gets it hands down. Right, but you can't discount come into a factor. Russell Westbrook or James Harden don't get it, and I'm thinking either Kawhi Leonard or Steph Curry get it, because then you're looking at wins. Mm-hmm. Who's who's valuable to their team? And Steph and Kawhi are the most valuable players to their team. So we have to. So isn't now, this what? I mean, this is what okay. baseball tried to do with the idea of the war wins above replacement. When you're in there, how many wins are you? Right. Right. That's them trying to be statistically that they're trying to combine both. They're clashing. Right. They're clashing universes. Let's figure out a way to get the wins and the statistics to the the analysis to sort of support one another. How many wins does this guy like how many wins? How many how many wins do we want to credit this guy with? That's the war. Well, I don't think that's it, though. I mean, mean, triple-double is an amazing stat to average. Right. But also, Westbrook took almost half of the Thunder's shots this year. Almost half. Mm -hmm. He was was handling the ball. And so that's that's a crazy amount. Curry, um, Kawhi, uh, LeBron, all those guys are handling it like – a quarter of the time or a third of the time. Right. And so the usage, I mean, you go usage rate and true shooting and war and all that crap. I mean, there's basically two schools of thought right here, and it's basically do wins matter or do the stats matter? Right. And, th- I mean, this is the exact conversation that we were just having at the beginning of the show, and I like that we're doing full circle here. Now, I'm about to eat it's my good. own words – I'm about to eat my own words, which I know you're gonna like. Okay, I don't think I don't. I think we're on two different sides of this thing here because they're, we're comparing apples to oranges. With, because starting pitching wins and basketball player wins. Right, are are completely different. Ahead. Scott, you're start. totally breaking. The, our connection is just horrible right now. I think you're good right now, but. We'll see. Listeners, just keep on. We'll, you just we'll be me, fine. You just cut me off because you didn't want to hear. I did not. This is the most fascinating part of the show. And, of course, our computers are going to decide to do this. They're just going to decide to do this right now. 
I wasn't doing that to cut you off, Scott, but I think I think the connection's better now. So keep on keep on going. Two apples and oranges. That's what you left off with. No, I mean starting pitching wins and basketball wins are completely different things. I mean starting pitching wins. There's a bunch of different factors. If basically in basketball, if you're good and you're averaging whatever triple double numbers, your team is gonna have a lot of success. Just like in starting pitching, if you're having a lot of K's and your ERA is low, you're generally going to have a lot of success. Does that directly correlate to wins? Yeah, in a way, but not directly. Because you got to have a team around. you got to have hitting in baseball and you got to have a team in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the school of Russell Westbrook gets the MVP hands down. Hands down. Because of this triple-double stuff and however long but i mean it's, it's like in baseball if you get the triple crown you get the mvp if you average a triple double you get the mvp but you gotta be i mean does it really matter right but i i mean i think it does a little wouldn't you rather have an mvp coming off of a good team because that sort of does that make the mvp even a little bit like you're the most valuable player on a really awesome team filled with a lot of good players, man. You're the, you're the most valuable still rather than you're the most valuable in OKC. I mean, I think I'm closer to agreeing with you here, Scott, not that we just argue and bicker about everything, but there is, there is something there. I think just, I, for me to be 100% on the Westbrook train, I, I just want to see them get one, playoff series win that's all and then i'm and then i'm all in and if they don't it's sort of like come on you know the mvp is really going to be on a one playoff series though doesn't really do it for me i mean it's either a championship or not now if, give him the give him the thing he averaged a triple double he did incredible things this year while sticking it to durant hmm. I, I think it's great so give him the mvp conversation over all right and we'll see within the next couple of weeks. You excited about the Wiz being? Hey, the pl- nobody beats the Wiz. It's the Wiz year. We'll see. Sunday. This will be. This will be a lot of fun. Now, were you disappointed in the fact that they didn't get to fifty wins, or does that not matter? We're Doesn't going back matter. to the wins again. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter to you. Come on. History. Doesn't Come matter on. at all. First You're time since. Push my buttons. Last time. Last time they got to 50 wins was also the last time they won the Eastern Conference, by the way. Doesn't correlate, but good for them. I, f- I feel like if we're just keep discrediting the idea of winning and losing, Scott, pretty soon we're not even going to have sports. We're just going to be watching for statistics. We're gonna Every single sport is going to turn into some weird individual warped universe being officiated by robots, That's, having yeah. instant replay taken over. Wins need to matter at least for something, just for a couple things. I completely agree with you, man. I completely agree. And that's what it was turning into with the Will Westbrook thing. I think he got it what in Denver, and Denver was like cheering him on to do it. Hmm. It's like it's just sad. Why was Denver not wanting to win that game? Right. I don't know. I don't like where it's going. I guess the title of this episode is going to have to be is going to have have these wins and losses something win. I mean, literally, we've tied. All three discussions from baseball to Masters, now basketball, back to the idea of winning and losing and competing. Every single 
discussion. Slow news week. I don't know. With with all the playoffs going and I don't know if you call it a slow news week, but the con- con- controversial news week. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You want to move on? Let's do it. And because this has just been such a dark, just all of our conversation been going back to this dark argument of winning, losing, blah, 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 what's the matter? We need to do something fun, okay? We got to step back, do something fun. It's a sports podcast. The reason why we do this isn't for winning and losing, and that defeats the purposes, but it's to have fun. So we're going to go to a segment that we both enjoy. The Would You Rather Sports Edition. Now, for anybody who doesn't know... Explain the rules. Dude, I do. You never know when it's someone's first time tuning (laughs) in. You never know, Scott. If this is your first time listening to this this podcast, you're welcome. Because Scott Scott (laughs) is being a real big jerk. He doesn't want me to explain the rules. He never wants me to explain the rules. He just assumes everybody... They're pisters. Oh, they're, everybody listens to the podcast. You don't have to. Da, 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 da. No, I'm going to explain the damn. Let me explain rules. Then. Would you rather? See, I'm all fired up. I don't want to explain the rules. Your long car rides, right? You need to keep you. You need to keep your friends awake. Okay, and so you play a little a little spark of discussion game called Would You Rather. Usually, it's Would You Rather do this disgusting thing or this disgusting thing. <laughs> so we're taking that and we're putting it. With a sports twist. All right, dummy. What's your would you rather? <laughs> you got to figure out a new example of a lot other than a long car ride. It's always a long car ride. When, when else do you play would you rather? Besides what? on the show. The only on the show. Only on the show. You've never played would you rather? This is Jeremy's favorite game. We got to get, we got to call. We have Jeremy, Jeremy call has in. good ones. He is the king poke a poker of holes in would you rathers he'll twist it to where he's winning no matter what anyway what's your would you rather all right in honor of the caps playoff series starting tonight right yep i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a would you rather all right game seven of the stanley cup game seven of the nba finals the Wizards are in the finals, and the Caps are in the finals. Okay. And I give you tickets to both games. Which one are you going to? Mm, that's a good one. It's a very good one. Now, I can't go to both of them because they would definitely be on different start days. Time is it 7 o'clock? Somehow they're both playing at the same exact time at home in the same building because they're both playing at the Verizon Center. Somehow they're doing it. They're pl- okay, so they're playing like ones at noon, ones at seven. Yeah, but you only have tickets to one of them. You can only go to one of them. Okay, huh? Can I get an opponent? Can I get an opponent for each? Oh, jeez. Like who? Like who are they playing? Who are they playing? Like are the are the Cavs playing the, the Ottawa Senators and the are Cavs the Wh- are playing somebody from Canada? Okay. The Wizards are playing the Golden Oh dang, the Golden State Warriors. They are. They would have to be. I mean, of course they're going to be playing Golden yeah. State Warriors. Okay. I think I'm going to Wizards Golden State Warriors. Really? Because yeah, because that's I'll probably be watching five Hall of Fame basketball players on one court whereas 
the Caps versus anybody from Canada. I'm watching Alex uh, Ovechkin. I'm watching Braden Holpe. They're probably two Hall of Famers. And then, I don't know, That's some slappers. That's from... versus Canada, though. That's like patriotic thing. That's the Caps versus the world. This yeah. is Choke Job versus Stanley Cup. I still think I still think Wizards first of all would be a better story because they started with 2 and 8 and now they're in the championship so whereas the Capitals were favorites coming into the season. So just right there with your drama, you always want to, you know, you heighten the drama with USA versus Canada, but I think right there, here's a basketball team who started out as 2 and 8 playing a basketball team who almost went undefeated last year. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I'm taking Scott, that is a great would you rather, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Wizards. You don't compliment compliment me a lot, but I appreciate that. I really do. That makes the compliments mean something more, Scott. If I were to just compliment you all the time, they wouldn't <laughs> mean anything. Okay. This mean I actually mean what I say. Oh no, I, I like it. I, I really I, I like the jab i like when you call me a dummy it makes me feel good it fires me up it gives me extra motivation to, uh, I, I feel like you're figuratively you justin rosing me right now i feel like you're rosing me right now you're giving me a figurative face touch this is what you're doing to me and it's making me feel uncomfortable so shall we move on caress your face dude that's you're up in the camera now okay <laughs> scott we're moving on <laughs> moving on to a less romantic Subject, a little less romantic segment, Scott. Okay. It's another favorite. I think it's a favorite of mine. I hope it's a I hope it's a listener favorite. I could be wrong. This is our schlub of the week. And yeah, can, I'm about to I'm about to define the schlub. Works, please, because I have no idea how this works. Of course. You know, now you're just you're just patronizing. I had to guess it's some really cool dude who's done something great in the community. You're big leaguing me right now. That's the dude. That's the next segment. Schlub of the week is an unattractive, untalented person in the sports world, right? We often hold up athletes to be untouchable gods. Every now and again, those untouchable gods just take a step beneath themselves and even a step below just humanity itself and then just embarrasses themselves on a grand scale. And this past week, it was... The Washington Redskins, Junior Gallette. Yeah, that guy who hasn't played in two years because of two different Achilles injuries that he gave to himself while working out. That's the guy. He's going to go and get himself arrested at a little event at a minor league baseball park called the Spring Break Explosion Musical Festival. Okay, so Ooh. just by that title, what's the average age of those in attendance, Scott? Definitely between 18 and 20. Exactly. College kids. And how old is Junior Gallette? Well, he's 29 years old. Okay, and he's Too getting old. himself arrested for disorderly conduct. Okay, the Redskins would-be pass rusher, rusher is has done more work here um, at a minor league baseball party running around, running from the police, than he has chasing down quarterbacks in the past two years. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, Junior. Here's why you're getting the PST schlub of the week. It's not because you're out 
just causing mayhem when you haven't played a down of football since 2014. It's not because you are, what I think, stealing money from the Washington Redskins for the past two years. It's because you are at an event called the Spring Break Explosion Musical Festival with college kids when you are 29 years old and you're going to try to get all tough and try to fight one of them and then run from the cops. That's why you, sir, are getting the schlub of the week. Scott, do you have any comments on Junior Gallette or this story in general? I do. I really think Dan's not is going to be super relieved when he hears the perpetual sports talks schlub of the week was a red skin that was not him. Ugh. I think he's going to be really, really relieved when he hears when someone tells him that. Zing! Scott with the zinger. That's nice. He, he had a red skin that was not the Redskins management, was a player. So, <laughs> you Dan know, Snyder, he, the monkey is off your back. Well, see, that would just be too much of a cream puff. He could be schlub of the week any week. Anybody in the Redskins management could be slub of the week any given That's week. Easy. Exactly. We can't Too we easy. can't use them all up. So here we're gonna share the wealth and it's gonna be Junior Gallette. And of course we have to do the counterpart of Schlub of the Week, and we like to call him Dude of the Week. Now the Dude of the Week it's the exact opposite. It's the antithesis of the Schlub of the Week. It's it's an athlete who Goes above and beyond, either in the community or in his sport in general, or if it's just a funny story. And we got to focus a little bit on hockey because we Thanks haven't focused. We had well, that was a short and quick one, so I thought that that'd be okay. Now we haven't really talked pretty much about hockey at all, other than the would you rather. So we're gonna talk a little Capitals, and I'm gonna give my due to the week to. It's sort of going to be a shared due to the week because there's a story here. guy named Garrett Mitchell, who got his NHL debut for the Washington Capitals on Sunday night versus the Florida Panthers. He's been in... He's been with the AHL uh, Capitals affiliate in Hershey since 2009. He's 25 years old, right? Been there for eight years, and he plays in his first NHL game in eight years this past weekend. That's like a that's like some Bull Durham stuff right there. Just like the guy in the minors obviously never got called up. Anyway, <laughs> he gets uh he gets a play on Sunday and my other sort of half twenty five percent due to the week goes to Nicholas Backstrom who intentionally got kicked out of the opening faceoff so Garrett Mitchell can come in because it was his first game and take the opening faceoff. He he Backstrom intentionally gets himself kicked out, so so Mitchell has to come in and take it. I thought that was cool, like a little what did he a little do to get kicked out. I don't know. He he made contact or something like that. It's a little rookie rite of passage that I'm sure all like hockey guys know about. That I'm sure multiple teams do. I just never heard it before. I think that's a cool thing, especially because you know, just I mean, for eight years, be you know, playing the AHL and then and then finally getting it. I think it's a nice little story. Uh, they lost that game, although obviously it didn't matter. Again, going back to wins and losses. However, we gotta wish, gotta wish the Caps best of luck versus Toronto uh, starting on Sunday. So that'll that'll sort USA, of work. Our, that's gonna work our way 
into the world famous weekend appetizer. And that means, of course, Scott, we have approached the ending of the podcast because this is the weekend appetizer. And yes, you know, I'm about to give a little background and description to the weekend appetizer for the 31st time. It's simply, I'm going to ignore Scott. This is a happy place. I'm always in a happy place when there's a weekend appetizer. Not even Scott can bring me down right now. So this is just something that we're, it's not happened yet. We haven't gotten the full course meal of the sports weekend. We're just snacking. We're just getting excited about it. That's what an appetizer is. Okay, Scott, you happy? That's all. I needed 10 Love seconds. It. Love it. What is your weekend appetizer? Easter, man. Hunting the Easter eggs is going to be... It's going to be a fest in the Dosher household. Mama Dosher is going to hide all the eggs, and it's going to be a freaking war. You were the kid. You were the kid. You stole all the eggs from your little brother, didn't you? That was you. That was the kind well, of brother you no were. There was no games, man. He's five years younger. I don't let up at all. I've never let up on anything. You would be Doesn't that matter. guy. Oh, of course I'm that guy. Wins and he losses. Just, I've never let him win anything. <laughs> Wins and losses. Still doesn't beat me in anything. He's still not going to beat me in the family easter egg hunt on sunday morning that is my weekend appetizer there's not too go. much i think we're gonna pass in the appetizer menu because we really don't have any thing appetizing going on i mean you got the nationals what in philly yeah already you got the, well playing. i guess you got the whiz starting up on on sunday so there, there's a little bit of a yeah it's like whiz, a little bit of chips and dips set out there for you whiz sunday and of course uh, Capitals, Maple Leafs actually get going in about 40 minutes, so you got to go find yourself a spot. You got to go get comfortable to watch. But just something else going on in the MLB Jackie Robinson Day. Jackie Robinson Day is on uh, Saturday, so everybody's. Bunch of 42s running around? Yeah, everybody's going to be wearing the 42s. Now, I know you're not into gimmicks, and that's like the gimmick of all gimmicks. Something, something cool, something to remember. So that's my that's my weekend appetizer. Like you said, it's a quick one. It's one of those places, you know, like you go to the fancy restaurants and their appetizers are like so little. They give you like three of something and then you and your party yeah. of five have to split it all awkwardly. That's what we just did right there. Fancy restaurant and we got three little nuggets that we all had to share amongst ourselves. It's not too much. It's not very substance, but you know, it's there. That's it's still a, there. It's a true it's a true appetizer. All right, buddy, finish this, uh, finish this up here. If they couldn't get enough PST, everybody, where can you go to keep finding <laughs> us throughout the week? Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter. Not Snapchat. Instagram. You're still doing it. It's Sa not Instagram either. Scott, I'm going to just not pass this on to you if you're going to do this each iTunes. week. You're going to just lie. You can find us on Skype. You can have Sean's address if you, if you really need it. I'll give it to you anywhere. You can find PST anywhere. Mail us a freaking letter. It'll be all good. You that sounds a lot iTunes. better when you hold your mic like Ed, that, by the way. You should Ed have been doing this the whole episode. I sound a lot better? Dude, like so much better. You should have been. You got to get yourself a nifty mic stand like I have. I got to rig one up, you know, make one out of my lamp, kind of put it like we're like this. Don't forget the ankle weight. There's an ankle weight involved in this rig. At Perp Sports Talk, if you want more of Sean and Scott. That's anyway. right. It's very it's very simple. We are on the web. We are here forever. Mm-hmm. Ooh, actually, speaking of forever, next week's going to be a little bit tough, Scott. We got a tournament down in Myrtle Beach, so I'm going to have to figure out how to do a little road uh, pod bean. But right there. 
but we might we might have to end up doing like a late like a late in the week. We might have to do a weekend edition of Perpetual Sports Talk next week. Whatever we need to do to get it done, we will get it out to you, Pisters. There we go. And until that time, thank you very much for coming to listen. If you're still listening right now, you've probably been listening for too long. Go out and do something. But we always appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. Go home. That's right. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott.